Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, the about what I said right before we went on the air. I, I am. Wow. Guys, you may hear the voice and know that he's here. Our, my special guest on Cheap Heat, the son of the President of the United States, Donald Trump Jr. Since everybody's doing it, right? I mean, listen, we might as well. Yeah. What's the name of the book? Triggered. <laughs> one other, one different letter. Another, well, another I don't, <laughs> as bad as he is. Yeah. I don't know. You never know. Yeah, you never don't. know. You don't. Um, you don't. No, we're of course for those of you who are fully with a life and didn't see that Chris Jericho had Donald Trump Jr. on the show. Yes, and then people sent me a, uh, that Sam, Jim, and Sam, <laughs> Jim and had, Sam, yeah, had Trump on the show. Um, although I, I, I watched some of Sam's interview with Trump Jr. and I will say I. I get, I get why you take the interview. I would have taken him on Ebro in the morning, but it would have been a different interview, though. But it would have been a vastly different interview, right? Now, to Sam's credit, Sam is a non-confrontational interviewer. In the to start thing, start out, he did try in his own Sam way to push ideas that were challenging. I wouldn't say it was remotely aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, who knows? It might have been Jim. It seemed like a, Jim had a little bit more of the connection because they had interviewed him from when it, it was Opie and Anthony. And when it was Opie and Anthony, Jim was obviously in a much more substantial position than right. Sam was. So I watched it. It was intriguing. It was, an, it was an interesting thing to watch. I'll tell you one thing, and this is the last thing we will say about the Trumps, I believe, in this episode. Though he is not remotely likable and he's entirely like his father. He does seem smarter than his father. Well, how hard is that, though? Not. But, I mean, you don't know that's going to happen. 
but I guess the different moms. So you never know what the mom brings to the table. <laughs> right. This is true. Uh, <laughs> but no, we do not have any members of the Trump family on the show today. Although I heard Ivanka is a big Bianca Belair mark. She wants to have a tag team, Bianca and Ivanka. That's, I, that's what I've heard. Um, so SGG, the physically gone is physically back. Yes. From Paris. Yes. How was it? It was phenomenal. You had a great time with I Mom did. Duke? Yeah, it was me and Mom, mother-son trip. Uh, it was, I had already been there and I had some of Zach's recommendations too, so I think we had a good time. Oh, 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 really? Zach had travel recommendations? Of course. You of don't course. say. Listen, I, I, I don't get on a plane anywhere without them. I mean, it's true. You can't. Um, so you enjoyed the trip. Yeah. You missed out last week. Well, you were missed by the people. Although you said you considered retiring last week. Well, yeah. I mean, listen. I listened to the episodes that dropped. Uh, the Cody interview was phenomenal. Uh, so, so phenomenal that it made me realize that I might be dead weight on this podcast. No, 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 no. You can't leave now. We are just now getting to the next level. We're just now taking steps. I don't know if you know this, but this is... Welcome to the shoot, Arrow, baby. And then it's... Welcome to the what? And now it's feeling like shoot, Arrow, 2.0. Okay. So this isn't time to go. This is... People are the most excited about cheap heat that they've been in years. There are people out there, me, saying this is the best run since original era. First era. There's, there are people out there saying that right now. So this is not the time. I mean, that, that interview though was phenomenal. Oh, well, let's thanks. Just, let's That's, just be honest. I really do appreciate that. I, um, I went back and listened to it, which I don't often do to the show. I do here and there once it's up to make sure I didn't mess up and, you know, leave something that I wasn't supposed to or whatever. Um, and I will tell you, I really enjoyed it. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. One of the things that stood out to me the most about Cody was the fact that how interesting it is that he is so clearly in the feel of talking to him, a top guy now. I, it's just interesting. Yeah. Imagine that. Five years ago, someone says, you're going to score an interview with Cody Rhodes. No, you would have looked at it like, Hey, they're promoting a garden house show and they're going right, to give gonna... you, they're going to give you Cody Rhodes. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. I'll talk to Cody Rhodes. Now I'm like, you know, this might have been from an interview standpoint, the biggest moment interview we've ever done on the show. I think so. And I, I mean, with Cody too, I, I got to say, it feels like, so my thoughts on AEW leading up, I'll say even to the interview was that. Just a band of bitter guys that came together to go at WWE. Now, they're putting on a great product, but at the core is the bitterness that I can't really rock with because it's it's going to poison them from the inside. And then you listen to that Cody interview, and it's just like you don't hear that at all. You hear like a comfort with where he's at and a confidence with where he's going and a, and a, a confidence in his abilities that is just like that. Now, that is a guy mm-hmm. that I can rock with. It's this is the guy. Yeah, this is the real deal. Um, yeah, that's how I feel too. Actually, it's been amazing to sort of watch this whole thing unfold and to think about a time when you would have just thought of him this highly. Now, I now um, Randy Cruz sends us drops quite a bit, and he sent us a lot from the last couple of weeks of shows, 
and I haven't had time to put all of these in the system. Did you listen to the um, the second episode last week? Also, I didn't get a chance to listen to the the Dipperstein the Jew Age Outlaws episode. Yes, yes, you didn't hear that. So he sent so many. Listen, sometimes Randy sends so many clips that Summer misses, and I'm like, this is not a drop at all. This is just words being said. <laughs> and then Summer really good. Let's hear how he did last week. No, see, they're so lazy right now is nothing. I'm going to cut a promo right now. No. I'm thinking about completely going on social media. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny, <laughs> but no. The new shoot era. No. There is nothing worse than not having seen a show and going on Instagram and seeing people's stories that are spoiling the shows for you. No. Stop yourself. <laughs> now that. Okay. Now we're talking. Hold on. That's That's a keeper. Stop yourself. Dipperstein stop your there may be a Dipperstein stop yourself shirt I said it last week right when he said it he he, he paused he was so angry and talking about people spoiling things on <laughs> Instagram and then out of nowhere stop yourself wow that's mage what do you think what kind of person do you think I am you are ruining the joy of wrestling for other marks and it's wrong <laughs> <laughs> Can we just chop it to it's wrong I, and it's wrong? We might need. Hold on. Yeah, there's a, it, we need that last part. I need to send these. I need to send these to RJ. All right, let's start out outside the ring while I gather these. Stack guy, uh, we won't start in Saudi Arabia. What else do you have from outside the Jordan ring? Jordan Miles. Oh yes, it's been a couple of weeks that we've been meaning to do this. Yeah. So, and I'm honestly, I'm glad we had the time because I'll tell you this. About, was it, 10 days ago, October 27th, around there that weekend, Jordan Miles took to social media, specifically Twitter, to post an image of a shirt that WWE uh, designed for him. And, you know, he basically blasted the company. Now, if you haven't seen the shirt, the design, not only is it an ugly shirt, but it definitely reminded me and um, a lot of people that I know of a time in America that can only be described as racist, mm -hmm. uh, minstrelsy. It it looked like a, like a blackface shirt, but they had his name on the shirt. And um, the, the feel they were going for was, I guess, because he likes to smile a lot, that they wanted to make a shirt that was smiley, but they they just missed the mark. Um, no pun intended. So bad they did, and uh, he he tweeted, "I will keep posting this till my voice is heard. I'm not sorry for anything I say or do. Representation is important. If this is Vince McMahon and Triple H's vision of me, then this is a slap in the face to every African American performer, fan, and supporter. And when you when you see the shirt, it's like, oh yeah, he's right. Like, let's just get that out the way right now. WWE is completely." in the wrong for making the shirt. I don't know how that happened. And the only explanation for it is that somebody is not in the room who can look at that design and say that this is not well, a good look. And then the bigger part is let's, let's, so let's, um, for the moment, for a second, let's give them ignorance, right? Like yeah. didn't realize it, just saw the design, thought it was cool and it worked. Okay. What George, what he's saying is that he went to them and said he didn't like it, correct? Go, well, yeah, that's why I said like, he said he didn't, he said, no, this is not it. 
Right. And that's why, for me, like, that's what brings up the mixed feelings that I have about the situation, right? Because he's telling us this in October, but then if you go back... So, for example, right, Luke Harper in September when NXT was about to get their premiere, he posted pictures of all the NXT guys' shirts. One of the shirts in the picture is the Jordan Miles shirt. That it, it was already made. The design was... Had oh, been the design. A, but it was on a gray background. So it didn't look Gray as, background makes a big difference. It did. It didn't look as racist as it did on a white back, on a black background. Because is it red? Yeah, this red, and then the, his name is in white, but it's made to look like teeth. So it's like a black shirt with red, the red lips. lips and that, that's the, 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 the real stark things that harken back to blackface and Sambo stuff is black and red. Yeah, and then and the, red looking like lips on yeah, black. It's not, it's just, don't just, it's dangerous. It it really looks like that. It it, it gives you that feeling for yeah. sure. So on a gray background, though, like they posted, it didn't look that bad. You know what? I, I don't want to downplay this. There's only one way to describe it. What we're talking about. Stop yourself. No, no, no. That's not it. It was it was, it was backwards. Stop yourself. They're they're, they're both stop <laughs> yourself. All right. Well, either way, keep going. But so on a gray, it's it didn't wrong. look that bad. Thank there you. we go. It's wrong. But then they changed the shirt, too. So if you go on WWE Shop, it's a completely different shirt, better design, better everything. But what brings up some confusion for me is, you know, why are we hearing about this in October, right? In Wait, se- so the one that's available now is new? No, they replaced it. The, the, it's all so, out gone. So the black one, the, the black face shirt yeah. never re- was released. Okay. It never got released. They had They had a... Promoted a design on a gray background, but I don't know. If, I don't even know if that one was ever sold. So what is sold now? A uh, Space Jam looking type of shirt so has nothing to do with the original. Has no. They they changed the they changed everything. Well, so can I jump in here then? Yeah. Yeah. So what the hell are we talking about? Then? That, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, right? Like uh, it's it's now it's terrible that someone even had the idea, and but if it didn't come out, that is the most important piece. Did they pull it? Is the most important piece. They they pulled it, and here's here's. Where I'm, like I said, this is what brings up the confusion for me. I'm not confused about the fact that WWE is wrong. The shirt should not have been made, number one. The confusion for me is why are we hearing about this now with Jordan Miles in, in that he saw the design in September, right? He posted emails that say that he saw the design. He felt uncomfortable. He expressed that. But even in the email, um, the person that he was emailing with says right in the email, Road Dog likes the gray one. So I don't know how many other designs they showed him, but the email says Road Dog likes the gray one. And then the gray one is the one that ends up on Luke Harper's Instagram and being pushed out by WWE. So WWE's position from the beginning was the performers collaborate on these shirts. So he can't say that he didn't see this shirt or didn't collaborate on it. And if he felt so uncomfortable as to blow it up, I just the confusing part for me is why are we hearing about it? A month later, when the shirt, the offending shirt, the most offensive shirt, wasn't made, and then the design was changed altogether. And now, and then the part, I didn't even know that part of it. The part of it that turned me off was just that he was using Twitter to all out try to threaten. I was like, this is just not the path to success. It felt like you were, he was doing it more for a moment on Twitter right, than for the real reason. The now, hashtag and the, the change. Whole of, the for, change and by the way, yeah. for the culture, first of all, 
I, was it for the culture? It was for the culture. First of all, for the culture is the most overdone. It's lost all meaning and it's, it offense, it's offensive to me because it's in it, it's used for the culture really refers to generally the culture of hip. It's usually hip hop culture. That's how it started. <laughs> right. And then it ended up being like such a watered down, diluted. It means nothing. It's like woke. It's like woke. It has zero meaning. And so when I saw that hashtag was for the culture. And it was like change your avi to be a part of the movement. And it, all that. The like, whole thing started reeking, right? It, the whole thing started being like, this seems real hype beastie. This doesn't feel like. And now that you're telling me they didn't actually put the shirt out and this happened a while ago, I'm very confused. Right. Now, and that is not to take away, again, he'll say this for the last time. The design itself was wrong. Yes. Whoever came up with that idea is nuts, and they should consider discipline for that. Jordan Miles is owed an apology for the original design. Let's get that out of the way, too. And everyone is. Frank, I mean, well, anyone who saw it, because they didn't release it. So if it wasn't ever released, that's conversations they need to have internally. Right. The weird thing is, though, it was blown up now to be a huge public thing. But if, if it wasn't ever released in the first place, it sounds like they listened to the criticism they got, which still doesn't mean you, can, you don't have the right to be annoyed about it. You do. But it's hard to go on wage a war. A month later. Publicly, a month later, if in the end they deaded it and moved on to something else. Right. And I don't know what the end game is either. Like, How poppin' was Jordan Miles? I don't know him at all. He was he he could go. I mean, remember, they did that NXT breakout tournament. Uh, the winner would get a shot at uh, Adam Cole. And he won the tournament. Won the tournament. Had a great match with Adam Cole. NXT championship match. Um, so it seemed like they were ready to strap a battery to him. Hmm. Let him go. But I, I just, the whole t-shirt thing, I don't, I, I got turned off by the way he handled it after the initial offense by WWE. Especially with like, he put out a tweet that's now been deleted called Jay Lethal and Uncle Tom. Wow. Strong. For what reason? You know what? I don't Stop know. <laughs> but. It's wrong. Like all of that spiraled from WWE making this. Offensive, the, the, horrendous, the whole thing. Shirt. The whole thing is fishy. The whole thing is is weird. Uh, and you know me, P. Like you know me. Everybody knows me. Yeah, no, we All know I needed you. to do was see the shirt. Black, black face. This is racist. I'm in. He I'm, loves I'm it. In. He's almost excited about it. I'm in. I'm I'm ready to come here. And let everybody know how wrong it is and how messed up it is. And it is wrong and messed up. But that doesn't mean that. The way he's been handling it since it's just it, like you said, it's it's. It fishy. now just starts to reek. It just starts, to, and you're like, so what's the real story here? Especially after Jussie, I already jumped off the off the bridge for Jussie. Oh, you were really in. Yeah, I, I'm so. You know what? Oh, I'm sorry. Because you want to play? Stop yourself. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those. Stop ones. yourself. Yeah, Jussie Smollett. You're hurting me. All right, well, before we get to whatever it is that we're doing next, I want to take a second and give a shout-out to Vivid Seats. You already know Vivid Seats. It's an online event ticket marketplace. All the events you want to go to, man, all the whether it's wrestling, you may be trying to go to the World Series, NBA's kicking off, whatever it is you want tickets to, they're all on the Vivid Seats app. So you get the Vivid Seats app, you download it to your phone, you sign up for the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Vivid Seats will help you find the seats to all the live events you want to go to, all right? All easy through the Vivid Seats app. They have amazing prices, easy purchasing experience, um, plus that loyalty program, Vivid Seats Rewards. It's amazing. Um, so what are you waiting for? You want to go to events, go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Um, you're automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. All Vivid Seats confirmed. Orders are backed by 100% guarantee. 
Enter the promo code ESPN25. ESPN25, and they'll hook you up with a 10% discount on your next order. Also, while we're at it, shout out, uh, if you love ESPN Podcast, I gotta give a shout out to another one you might enjoy. Greg Wyshynski and Emily Kaplan doing a great job covering hockey for ESPN. Um, their show ESPN on Ice. All right, you can find it wherever you get your podcast. Check out ESPN on Ice. And now, to whatever's next on GP. You're hurting me. All right, now that is not the biggest controversy of the week, though it is interesting. And we will get to a full year preview. Yes. Um, however, we have to talk about Saudi Arabia because last week I really barely talked about it. Um, I had not had any time to really digest what had happened. I'd barely even seen the results, as, as you know from hearing the podcast, when I'd forgotten that I'd actually thought that um, <laughs> Brock had won by DQ. No, I he made him tap out, right? I didn't. Re- he made him tap out in like three minutes. Um, and now we know that apparently there's a Cain Velasquez knee injury, and they're not even. They don't even have big plans for him anymore. And you're like, wait a second. I thought we just heard there were huge plans for Cain Velasquez. He's going to be here every week. He was going to be. Now it's like no, it's it's like they don't even know. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? The thought of eating it well, would make me throw up. So do you think they brought him in just to get Brock his win back and be like, oh, creative has nothing for you? I, I don't know, or if it's just the knee thing, and now they're like, this is a knee injury that had to be dealt with, and now we know. I don't know. It's very weird. Um, but and then the finish to did you watch the Fiend match? I didn't watch any of Crown Jewel. I'll be honest. All right, you're you're not missing anything. The the Fiend match was such a weird play for Saudi Arabia because it was all outside the ring. You know, someone had a great someone had a great uh use of the meme. You know the meme with the British black dude pointing to his head? Yeah. Yeah. Where he's like always like, aha, that's uh-huh. sort of the thought. It was if I think it's it was that meme and it said if I can't see the match I can't complain about the match or something like that. <laughs> That's true. Because the red light got to stop. Because the red lighting now it's out of control. It's out of control. The red lighting. It's it's it was interesting the first time. It, it, it was like okay, well they're doing something a little bit different. Right. What's this? To do it in Saudi Arabia in a in a stadium, and then a the fiend character. I'm imagining, and 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 I, I I apologize if it sounds like I'm being xenophobic or I, I'm not showing enough respect for the uh, the 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 viewing audience of Saudi Arabia. My guess, though, is, and I believe myself to be a rather educated person. I would my, I would agree with that last statement. My guess is, the fiend doesn't necessarily translate completely to non-English speaking countries. It's possible. Well, hold on. And by the way, English is not the first language in Saudi Arabia, correct? No, they have the guys on commentary sitting there doing the main language. Yeah, no, I don't think it is. I don't know which language it is. Is it Arabic? Is it just Arabic? I think it's Arabic. It might be Arabic. Will you check for me? I believe believe it's... I don't want to get us in any trouble. No, I'm pretty sure that it's Arabic. But regardless, it's not English. And and honestly, it's not even about English versus... It's Western, right? Like, it's a Western concept, the fiend. Like, it would play... It would play in the U.S., Play in England, play in France, play in Mexico, I, I, Canada. But even those countries, right? Like when you have to, like you said, when you have to play with the translation because it starts then, to get weird. It does. So th- you're already using a character 
who when you go east, you you may start losing a little bit of just what it's supposed to signify, considering it's confusing to us what it's supposed to be. And then on top of that, it's a country that's only had like three shows ever. And the entire fight is happening outside the ring on the stage. I just found it to be, A, the stadium is too big for that. You know, like those those fights outside of a ring are much better suited for in an arena, not on a huge, massive stage where your eyes can barely even process. The beauty of the ring is it, it gives you a place everything. to focus, yeah. right? So when you move them up the ramp, what am I even looking at? And now you have an audience that their understanding of the fiend may be different than ours, and they haven't done seen a, a ton of shows in person. There's just listen, and like you said too, like even their understanding of what wrestling is supposed to be may be different. Of like, course, it's it's still newer. And yo, there was a moment that I spotted on the broadcast, and I rewound it. I was watching with Brian Man. We rewound. I, I, I said, check this out. There was a moment when during the intro of someone I cannot remember who. Um. Well, I guess it was a champion because they 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 grabbed they gave the person a title. What champion was on the? Maybe it was for the Seth match. When Seth came out. They handed the title to this woman. Okay. The woman was holding the title, but I saw the WWE security guy showing her what to do with it. Uh, the camera caught him being like, "Put your hands it, up!" Yeah. Put your, producing her, and then. The Seth or whoever shows up and you see her hold the title up. She doesn't own the, the replica title. She doesn't even know what to do with it. <laughs> right. and, and by the way, I'm not knocking that, of course. It's okay, but like, I get it. We're all trying to sell an image here that everyone here loves it and that, you know, even like, let's be honest. I, I interviewed Natalia this week. Uh, maybe I'll throw it up at the end of the podcast if you guys want to hear it. Um, nice interview. I appreciate what the moment meant to her. But even that moment, which was touching in some ways. It's huge, right? First women's It's It's very cool. Um, And there's a nice piece to it. But even that is being oversold to us. It's cool. What does it really imply, though? What are we really supposed to take away from the fact that American women and Canadian women can show up in Saudi Arabia and and on a stage like that with tons of money involved fully cl- covered can perform i don't know maybe it'll lead to something meaningful for people in saudi arabia maybe for women there it means something but does it ultimately do anything or is it sort of just a cover and makes wwe's relationship look a little better does it really impact the women of saudi arabia at all we don't know we don't and when you frame it like that, the answer may be, unfortunately, probably not. Probably not. That would be my, I lean towards probably not. So I certainly appreciate Natalia and Lacey and good for them. And they put on a good match. and It was a nice moment. But my point overall is the entire event is such propaganda. You know, even to the point that after the Fiend match, okay, the match ends and it's this bizarre monster crushing the champion after a ridiculous final spot where sparks were flying and stupid stuff happened. Like literal sparks. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Emilio Sparks and Bubba Sparks. <laughs> Neither of them. It was just a, a, a crazy ending where this demonic character wins. And 15 seconds after he holds up the title with his scary mask on, 
the lights kind of go out, they start playing happy music, and fireworks go off. It's like that's not how you close a show where a demonic character just won. <laughs> but, like, we don't want to end it on a bad note. This is all Was about- it at least the Firefly Funhouse music or just, like, random happy music? Oh, no, random happy music. It wasn't, like, a, a win for him music. It was just, like, it. the whole thing is a lot. And then we get to what happened after the show. Yes. Which, a lot now, I considered doing an episode earlier in the week about it because I knew by the time we got to the end of the week, there already would be a lot that's been said. But we've learned a lot, too. We have. Um, Corey Graves already did his episode of After the Bell podcast. An Endeavor podcast, by the way, the same people who bring you one app. Oh, shout out to Andrew Goldstein. Shout out to Andrew Goldstein. Shout out to Dave Easton. Shout out to Corey Graves. Shout out to Amelia Shout out to Amelia Sparks, the producer. So, um, and, and Corey spoke on it. And I spoke to a, a lot of people this week. I was, I did my best to try to get the scoop on what the hell happened in Saudi Arabia. And I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this because I will say this from, where I was on the other side of the world, disconnected from all of it and just seeing tweets. One thing I noticed was right away, right? Four different journalists, wrestling journalists, who are, all seem to be very well respected, reported four different things about what was happening. Uh, who were those journalists and what did they report? Ryan Satin report. Well, I don't remember exactly what they report. I just remember looking at it and seeing like this is completely completely different they're all saying completely different things i think ryan sat and might have gone with the mechanical issues on the plane okay dave Meltzer was obviously the most like trying to get hyperbolic and yeah. extreme and you know vince abandoned everybody and there's a hostage situation basically going on and then the other two uh sean ross sap and somebody else i forget who the fourth one was but they were somewhere in the middle and i'm just like how do wh- what is happening here's here's what we do now we know that 175 staff sat for a very long time. Right. Then some of those people deemed to be essential for SmackDown were put on a different plane that left. We know Vince left right away, as he always does. And then we know the people who were left who who did not get to leave early. Weren't happy about it. Many weren't happy, and they kept sitting, and many of which then went to a hotel Hung out at the hotel, ate, whatever, had a nice – were in fine hands and then came back and eventually flew. Everyone missed SmackDown, which is – and then, of course, the result was a really great Amazing. Smackdown. I mean, WWE makes the best um, chicken salad out of chicken ass. Uh, no, no, no. It's that, that's what they do best. Yeah. It's, it's it, The question is why can't they – Make that happen more often because they're comfortable. Like when when they when their back's not against the wall, then they can you know you get what you get and you don't get upset. But then yeah, when their back's against funny. the wall, it's well, like there's there's two different mentalities, right? Like there's Vince rewriting the show for no good reason at the eleventh hour, and then there's everyone coming together to make it work because they have to. Right. Those are two very different things. Yeah. Like it's one thing if you um were super duper busy. And you were trying to get together a project for work and you could barely do it and you busted your ass at the last minute you pulled it off and it was a miracle. And there's kind of like you're just screwing off a little bit and changing your mind, couldn't decide what you wanted to do. <laughs> right. You're going to get two different results. So we know that we know that a lot of people had to sit for a very long time and eventually got off the plane, yada, yada, yada. The but, story that started getting told, though, exactly. was that this was about money owed to WWE – Vince McMahon um, pulling the, the, the 
pulling the actual pay-per-view off TV in Saudi Arabia. Yep. And them eventually working out the deal. But the crown prince still wanting to show them what time it was. So let their people sit for a while. Right. Now, this is, this is why, like, that feels so conspiracy theorist to me. Like, and don't get me wrong, I love a good conspiracy theory, but I feel like under scrutiny it sort of falls apart just because, if I'm not mistaken, you know, WWE right away said it was mechanical issues with the plane, and then the company uh, who chartered the plane went along with it. So that right there to me feels like there's that's the story, right? Why would this company go along with the story that there was mechanical issues that caused their that caused their talent, WWE talent, such problems that they had to stay in Saudi Arabia an extra night and basically throw their show into chaos. Because remember, when WWE was here in New York for WrestleMania, had problems with New Jersey Transit and said, you know, these travel issues with New Jersey Transit was due to New Jersey Transit. New Jersey Transit, like an hour later, was like, um, absolutely not, and kicked the ball right back. So if if they're lying about the mechanical issues on the plane, that company would have kicked the ball right back. Now, there is also the possibility. Let's explore this. WWE could be telling the truth insofar as they were told it was mechanical issues. (laughs) True. True. You know, I don't think that the – I don't think that Saudi Arabia would come out. RJ, did you just come through just to make sure it was still recording? Wow. What – you are the absolute best. RJ Santello, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the, the Saudi Arabia is not going to come out and be like, you know what we did? We right. just wanted to show you MFers what time it is. Of course not. So let's suppose th- the issue would really be this. Did Vince McMahon get into a spat with Saudi Arabia, pull some slick ish with them, and then decide because it seemingly was worked out, I'm okay. I'm ahead home. (laughs) That's where you really get into the problem. The problem would be him wiping his hands of it and being like, hope everything works out. Now, let me be clear. One thing I don't understand. If they wanted to ground the original flight, why did they let the SmackDown 20 leave? Why would those guys get to – if they were intent on keeping everyone on the ground as a form of punishment – why? Why would anybody leave? Why would Vince's jet go up? Brock? Why would anybody leave? Why not hold everyone there? So here's what I've heard. I've heard that the the delays at first sounded normal and like things the people had heard before. And then as time went on, started to feel like, wait, what? This isn't stuff we've actually heard before. Or these are things that would normally be fixed. What's going on here? Wait, it's been hours now. What's going on? I, I have not heard from the people I spoke to that anyone was in fear, you know, or really felt they were in danger. They were frustrated. Some people were offended that they weren't included in the group who needed to go. But, I feel that, though. I'm not going to lie. No, no. I feel that. For sure. But what I what I heard was that the group that were needed to go were people who were essential and advertised for SmackDown. Of course, ironically, they don't make it anyway. But – And I mean – Aren't we glad they didn't though? No disrespect to them. Oh no, no, it turned out to be it turned out to be a great show. So ultimately, in if we are not able to ever gain any more information, the story just dies. 
And the fact of the matter is, as Corey pointed out on his show, Vince always leaves first. So Vince being gone is standard protocol. The question, like I said, would be, was if Vince knew he just had a, a, a spat with Saudi Arabia, he probably should have thought, you know what, I'm, you know what? I'm going to be the last one to take off, not the first. Only because, and this is, this is where everything comes full circle. You are in bed with Saudi Arabia. Okay. This, this is not a deal with the United Kingdom. This is not a deal with a, 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 an entity that we can fully trust from a government standpoint. I mean, I don't trust any government, but you get the idea. I do, I do. From an ally standpoint, from the standpoint of a, a U.S. journalist was just murdered there. Not there, but by In them. Syria, by the, in the embassy. Allegedly by them. Allegedly. So it was the, wait, it was the, it was the Saudi embassy in Syria? Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So with that being the backdrop, it changes everything. So you have to – that's what makes you think if you're talent, if you work there, do I really want to go to a place where if a deal wasn't in place, they'd be like, you know what? Nah, let the plane sit on the ground and no one's going to do anything about it because that alone has implications that are creepy. No, I mean absolutely, right? Like if you if there's anywhere – if you're anywhere where you're not allowed to freely move around, then your spidey senses go off, red flags go up. So I completely get that. My thing is with just like the information that came out, it seemed so unverified and so sensational that it just had the effect of not really being the news, not really being informative. It just felt like something else. It was very strange, and I agree. It was all over the place. So it really is hard to get, you know – at, at first, your spidey senses start to go crazy, and you're like, what's going on? What's going on? Is this the worst? And listen, I, there was a moment early in this week, and let me be clear. I still believe it should be really looked into, but there was a moment this week when I thought we were sitting on the biggest story ever in wrestling, You know, wh- where, wait a second, did the Saudi consulate, I should say. Does that sound right? I mean, you just looked it up, so let's go with it, right? Murder in a Saudi Arabia consulate. Right. Sorry, I I don't want to get the Khashoggi story wrong. As you can see, I'm very, very educated. Um, Yes, he was Saudi slash living in America. Yes. And went into the Saudi consulate. But he had been critical of Saudi Arabia while writing for the Washington Post, correct? Yeah. And we said Syria, and it was Turkey. Come on, man. I was relying on you, right? You are. I thought it was Syria, but we have the stat, stat guy P. That's <laughs> finally. Everyone's listening right like, you guys are such idiots. Um, Hold on. If you, if you are listening and you had all those dot connected, and you knew, then you know what? Just email us and let us know we're idiots. Uh, we we got to own it, right? Well, he was planning to get married, right? So he had to go, and he was going to resettle in Turkey. So he had to go to the consulate. 
Well, I didn't know the, the details of why he was there. Yeah, that's why he was there in the first place was just to get things done because he was getting married. I think he was getting married that weekend. Damn, that makes it even more sad. I know. Anyways, I apologize for my ignorance on this story. Um, let's move on, though, to wrestling. And by the way, guys, uh, a couple of things. One, RosenbergBeats at gmail.com. If you want to correct us, tell us we're morons. If you want to say... It's wrong. Or... Stop yourself. Either one is fine. Also, I saw after my plea last week for the people who are enjoying the Shoot Arrow and want to see a Shoot Arrow 2.0. Welcome to the Shoot Arrow, baby. To go on to the podcast app on your iPhone, leave five stars and a review. And I saw a lot of people do it. Nice. But, 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 but it was still, when I say a lot, it was like 40 people. And by the way, I appreciate each and every one of you. But the way that these stupid algorithms work, it's very hard when you have a show that has a couple thousand reviews and you've been around for a long time. It's really hard to skyrocket on the charts or, or it, it just you either have to be a monstrous show to stay up on the charts or you need to have a real influx of subscribers, reviews, uh, ratings. Obviously, you guys listening already subscribe. The best thing you could do was get about five more people to subscribe. But second best <laughs> after that. Sounds like a pyramid scheme. It basically is. But the the second best thing you could do is go leave five stars and review. If you're the world's best peckerhead, get us five new subscribers, leave a rating and a review. And by the way, this doesn't affect our pack pockets. We're getting ripped off either way. However, <laughs> 100%. However, at the very least, I want to compete right now, SGG. Well, I, this is true. I got so, it I back mean, in my blood. Because first of all, let's be let us be clear. Super clear. We have the best podcast going in professional wrestling today. That's right. Number one sports and recreation podcast in the world. We love Sam. We love Shoemaker. Well, you heard all this stuff. You you didn't hear my promo on this? This is me. This is me right now. Okay, but I, I thought you said you didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. You this didn't? This is me right now. This is me right now. We have friends who do this in, in this space. But I'm just curious. The path you're going on is such a similar feeling to what I had. Because it needs to be said. <laughs> and it's because it's the truth. Obviously, we're going to be on the same page with this. It's the truth. I'm just amazed. We're, we're number one here. We have friends who do this. I mean, let's be honest. I've been listening to Cheap Heat for a long time. We That's can right. say the same way I feel like Bret Hart made Shawn Michaels. Peter Rosenberg, a shoemaker, made Sam Roberts. He didn't have a wrestling podcast wow. before frequently guesting on Cheap Heat. That's a great point, actually. He, he didn't did, have a wrestling podcast, he right? He did not. No. That's true. He did not. Forgot about that. You're welcome, Sam. Wow. And what about uh, our very own friend, Shoemaker himself? I mean, come on. His podcast is a spinoff of our podcast. It is. You know and what? Jabroni! You're welcome, Mr. Shoemaker. That's right. The, the Brian Campbell. Campbell. Oh! How can we forget? Oh! How can we forget? That son of a bitch. Oh, How could we forget? He popped up. He was here for a cup of coffee and then went. Oh, he got the rub. Got, got the, the rub. rub. Yeah. Got the rub. Went over to start his own thing and do his podcast. Uh, by the way, he's the one person, though, who I need to stop to emphasize that we're joking because I love you. And you're the nicest human being who's ever lived. <laughs> yeah. All right. Continue. On. He's doing very well right now. We love him. We're happy for him. But he used us for the rub. There's no doubt. Yeah. And you're welcome. Mm. How about this? The other podcast out there. Who steal Dipperstein as a guest? Oh, he's yeah. a regular guest on other podcasts. You're welcome. Oh, too my. many to name. So many. You're welcome. 
You're all welcome. And then, and then, if you want to listen to the Donald Trump book review with Chris Jericho, listen. That's that's your own fault, okay? For wanting to listen to Chris Jericho's Jabroni podcast. I mean, Jabroni doing a great job on AEW though. Really enjoying it. Podcast wise, I the little French pronunciations. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, and page. No one even pronounces anything that way. No one refers to a page as a page. So, and again, I don't even know what culture is. What? No idea. Now, busted open. I respect Dave LaGreca. I respect Mark Henry. I respect. I'm certainly not going to say one sideways word about Bully Ray. <laughs> okay, y'all keep doing what you're doing. But the problem is, we got to take them out too. Yeah, because they only went into podcast form in the last like year, so they're steady high on those charts. We've been on these charts for five years, and and it's difficult. And since I want to see action, we're asking for action. Yeah. Speaking I- of action. We should get to uh, full gear. We the, should. the card. Knocking um, out all bums on the way to the top, too, by the way. That's Definitely. right. I like what we're doing. And anyone who thinks they're an originator of this wrestling podcast business... Stop yourself. Because if you if you think for a second that you're the originator... It's wrong. Unless you're Wade Keller, in which case you probably, probably have uh, been... Yeah. yeah. That's a good that's, point. He has been... Mm. But Probably. back then he wasn't even using a microphone. It was just like listening to a long phone call. So, but on those phone calls, you know what we would hear? All the news about WWE. Five years ago today, you can listen to our behind the scenes look at CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. All right. So take us through full gear. What's the card? Break it down. We finally are going to get John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. All right. I need to say it right now. I, I can't remember if I said it last week during the Cody interview. Did I mention Moxley? No. His promo last week on AEW was the best thing I've ever seen him do, period. I had never watched the man in CZW, but comparing it to his WWE career, the promo he cut last week on AEW was the reason he wanted to leave. So he could do things like that. When I saw that, I was like, oh, he really could be Roddy Piper. I get it now. I, frankly, I don't know that I ever got it up until that. So do you really feel like they were holding him back? Absolutely. 100%. I now do. Him? Did you watch the promo yet? I did not. Because you were gone. That promo last week, please go watch it. Please go watch it. It was so damn good. I actually texted Renee because I don't really know John. I texted Renee. I was Does like, anybody really know John though, no. from what I hear? I don't, like- I'm, not, I'm not even convinced that Renee and him actually live in the same house. I'm just kidding. But I wrote her and I said, I know John doesn't give a damn about who I am or even know who I am. Please tell him that last week was pure fire. It was so damn good. And while I mentioned Renee, by the way, great job, Renee Young and Tom Phillips on SmackDown Smackdown. commentary last week. And I hate to say it because I want to attack Pat McAfee just for fun. From a brand standpoint, he was good too. He though. did a great he job. Killed it. He did a great job. They all, the three of them, the three of them did a real good job. Together. Why Pat McAfee was standing in the ring afterwards, like he was part of the invasion? Whoever gave him that advice, the, the, I guess, I guess Triple H gave him the instruction to do that. Yeah, he he was that did not fit. He that invaded was, the announce table. I know, but it could have just he could have stayed at the announce table. He took out Aiden English apparently after a commercial break or something. Yeah, but the, him standing in the ring like he was a it just didn't quite jive. But his actual work that he did. Really, really good. But anyways, I wanted to shout out Renee. Moxley was phenomenal last week. So, so good. Go watch that. So we're going to get Moxley Omega. I'm excited for this match. 
it is really hard for me to say who you put over here. I feel like Moxley, right? I feel that's what's going to happen or there won't be a finish. I think this is a very hard one to make a decision on. it is a non-sanctioned match. So, I mean, I feel like they need to be decisive then if they're going to go non-sanctioned, right? It's a good point by you. You can't. You can't have non-sanctioned and no finish. Right. Good point. I'm going to go Kenny Omega just because I believe, as you guys all know, and I've beat this drum to death, he's the greatest wrestler to never wrestle at WWE. And in terms of the long term, not this immediate moment, but the long-term story you're trying to tell about this company and this 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 group of guys, I believe he's more important. I believe he is the most important. And I admit it, I'm a huge fanboy, and I will say Kenny Omega should should go over. Joey Janela versus Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard. Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard. Yes. Joey Janela's character needs more. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, listen, I'm not trying to troll him and get into some Twitter beef with Joey Janela. He loves it. He would love it. And he would love he it. He would love it. Don't get me wrong. I know he's a trash talker. He wouldn't mind. But his character is kind of jabron right now. It, it's just like it's not intimidating. I don't get why I'm supposed to care. I, I, I'm I, sorry. I, he's it, not cool to me, too. I'm so, I mean. He's a talented dude with yes. charisma. But the character is not cool to me right now. So, to me, Sean Spears has legit badass, and he's accompanied by a legit badass. You should have seen how, how much Andrew Goldstein is popping to see Tully Blanchard on television. He can't even believe <laughs> really? it. Yeah, yesterday I was watching AW. I, I can believe it, though. The I people, know. Yeah. So, I'm watching with him yesterday, and he literally said to me, he's like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm so excited. Tully Blanchard, it's so – I was like, really? You're excited that Tully Blanchard's on TV? I never would have thought that Andrew Goldstein – King of old Southern wrestling marks right. is excited to see Tully Blanchard. Never Which, it's, it. it's crazy to me that he's the king of like old school Southern wrestling though. Cause didn't he grow up in Philly? That's correct. So like the I New York office is right there. What is he doing? <laughs> I think he was just, he was able to pick up both on his TV. And I think the, the nostalgia is rubbed more by the, the South and the North, which I get because as, even though I was always a WWF kid, I get how if you were really split between the two as a child, you would have liked both, but thought WWF was cheesy. Well, it was though because it, it, it was. That's what I'm saying. And and you thought WWE the, was so like even with, so raw with Oz and like their weird characters and bringing in RoboCop, NWA, WCW was still gritty. Like it was gritty. I had to find out what a bounty was from Harley Race. Rick Flair put a bounty on his head over a championship. Like I mean, there, yeah, there you're dealing with the bounty, and in WWF you're dealing with the mounting. Right. I so, mean, it's not the same. So we got I got Sean Spears. You too. Yeah, of course. All right. SoCal uncensored. Versus Lucha Brothers versus Private Party. And I feel like I'm supposed to say Private Party here, but I really like SCU. So I'm going SoCal Uncensored. I, I like I like you developing and going beyond what people expect of you. Um, Private Party, a.k.a. Street Profits of Jays. Okay. They do some dope stuff. A little of what they do is too choreographed. It's all like a setup for the big spot at all times, it feels like. And they uh, they're not the only ones. But they suffer from one thing that a lot of people in AEW suffer from. And this is where the, the history of WWE, the, the, the quality, the attention to detail is big. I don't love their gear. Yeah. And I don't love a lot of people's gear. And I'm telling you right now, if anyone from AEW is paying attention, a lot of the gear people are wearing cheapens the look. It's small. Sean Spears has gear that I like. Sean Spears is cool. Um, Kenny Omega is simple and fine. Yep. Um, I like Cody's gear. 
Moxley's kept it super simple, just trunks, like he's just keeping it basic. Which I'm so shocked by. I know, it's interesting, but I like it. Keep it, keep it, just keep it light. Um, but anyone who's doing lots of colors, Lucha Bros I don't love, there's a lot of just gear that I just don't think does it. Um, I'll, I'll pick private party, but uh, it'll be, it, listen, it'll be a fun match. I appreciate it's, you throwing away your pick on, on the, the all black tag team. No, but. there you go. No problem. I do like the VIP entrance they do though. I do like how they open up the rope for them to come down the aisle. That's tight. Rio versus Emi Sakura for the AEW Women's Championship. That triple threat tag team match is for the AEW World Tag Team Championship, by the way. Um, I will say Rio. They they seem to be very invested in Rio. Yeah. And I, I think they're, you have to have stars that you're invested in and you're sticking with. And I believe Rio is that person in the women's division. Right While now. we're here, can I can I bring up a pet peeve about AEW? Sure. I don't like that their championships are world championships when they haven't been defended in the world. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. America has been where they've been defending all these championships. But what would you call it? Just the AEW championship? Just the AEW championship. And then when you defend it in like the UK or even, even in Mexico. Then you can call it the world heavyweight championship. Then you can call it the world championship. It has to have connection to more than one country to be a world championship. But they do have international superstars. They do, but the international superstars are here in this company. Yeah. This is a very nerdy pet peeve. Take it, take it, defend it somewhere else and then call it a world (laughs) championship. Very nerdy, but I respect it. Um, and then you can have like, and then it, you can have a big moment, right? When you have, you say, this is the AW Championship. This is the first time it's being defended outside of North America because I'm a fighting championship and I'm defended anywhere in the world that I mean it. And then you can make it a world championship. So who's your pick, SGG? Enough of your nerdy take. Go on Rio. Rio also. Okay. It's not time, it's not time to switch these championships around. I see. Uh huh. Well, this one anyway. Adam Page versus Pac. Hangman. It's Hangman Adam Page. I'll pop. tell you right now, Hangman Adam Page, I, I, I give him some uh, delicious barbecue sauce. Hangman's a, a great talent. And, and I'm tired of people on the internet tweeting about me saying, hey, well, JR not not passionate. Why do I make him George Bush? Why do I make, don't turn off the mic when you laugh. You make me no. seem like I'm by myself. <laughs> no. I'm trying to, I'm trying to give your, your, your audio the respect that it deserves. But I, well, I, I don't like that my JR's become George W. It wasn't George W though. I don't think. I don't think. Hangman, Hangman Page. I'll I, I tell you what right now. I'm I'm so tired of these people on the internet. They 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 got so much time on their hands. You could fit their nuts in a thimble. You could fit their nuts in a thimble. These people who want to think that old Jr. is passionate. Um, <laughs> what were we even talking about I before I started doing this bad? Impre- oh, Hangman, Adam Page. Hangman, because he always says Hangman Adam Page. Hangman Page. Who is Hangman Page? Got again. Pac, formerly known as Neville. Neville's mage. Pac's mage. Pac's gear simple too. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going Pac. I'm going Pac. Is it Pac or Pac? I don't Pac. know. I'm going Pac. I'm going Pac. 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 It's wrong. He's he's phenomenal, and he's in such great shape now. He's such a giant version of himself. He's unstoppable. Uh, the Young Bucks versus Santana and Ortiz. Tag team match. Well, you know I'm for Santana Ortiz because I can't deal with Young Bucks tights. Let's talk about gear problems. Yeah, I can't deal with the Young Bucks gear. Great. I feel, I feel like the Young Bucks are gonna pull off the victory here, but that does not change how I feel about, like you said, the gear. Santana and Ortiz music is mage. Uh, Andrew Goldstein made a great point yesterday, though. 
And, you know, I, I'm super into AEW right now, as you guys know, but I have to be critical also, and the point is so true. I enjoy Santana and Ortiz. What sense do they make hanging out with a 50-year-old wannabe rock star? None. And the only thing Chris Jericho can ever say about them is, like, they're street thugs. Which, Doesn't help. Which, by the way, sounds nuts. Especially um, after this this latest episode of Talk is Jericho. Which, it doesn't help. <laughs> but I like them. I do like Santana and Ortiz. Um, ah, I'll pick Santana Ortiz. It's going to be a fun match. Though. I feel like the Jacksons are willing to job. They're 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 willing to do what it takes to make other people look mage. Yeah, but they did their one job a month this month. They they the inside, the, the, the party. Yeah. They, oh wait, no, it's November now. New month. Yeah. Okay. I'll go Santana Ortiz. Okay. I feel like I feel like a smart pick now that I'm See? thinking out the timing of everything. They don't give these jobs to chimps. <laughs> Chris Jericho versus Cody for the AEW World Championship. Now, first of all, it was pointed out to me because I'm a couple episodes behind of NWA Power. Phenomenal, by the way, if you haven't watched on YouTube. Very, very good. That the same stipulation exists right now in on Power. The same stip of if I if I challenge with Storm, if I challenge Is and Tim lose, Storm again. <laughs> I will never challenge again. Tim um, Storm looks phenomenal, by the way, for like a 50 year old for a random dude who's like a teacher. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Um, I will go, so that's a bad look, if it really is the exact same stipulation. I don't think they needed this stipulation. I, I think it makes perfect sense that he's in the match. So like this idea of justifying it in some way, like it should be, it shouldn't be the only time. They just started as a company. Right. He, so it makes you think you're getting a no finish or a Cody win. Yeah. Which he can't, I'm he go can't for. never challenge again. I, I'm going to say Cody wins. And I, I'm going to say Cody wins too. And it's like you said too. It's a, it's a random tiny little nitpick, but it should have been, if I don't win, I will never challenge for your AEW World Championship. So then when Chris Jericho loses, then Cody can just jump back online, back at the front of the line or wherever. Versus if I don't win, I'm never challenging for it again, ever. It doesn't make sense. doesn't. But Cody's going to win. And boy, did you watch, did you see the, the, the mock little promo they did about Jericho last night? Jericho did of Cody? No, it was like a Jericho promo. But it was like but he was mocking the Cody. Problem. Yes, yeah, I did see. It that. was pretty funny. It was. It was. It was. I really, really enjoyed that. They, they their promo stuff they're doing is really good. Now, one more complaint about AEW. Since I've been putting them over so big, I got to get it all out. Yeah, yeah. Got to. You got to be even handed with it. They have to pay attention when they go commercial and small screen. They can't just let anything happen in the small screen. There, there's no method to the madness. They'll have moments when a commercial's airing in the main part of your screen. The show stays in the small screen. And in the small screen, you see someone like talking into a microphone. That, oh, that can't happen. No. You need to be very specific about what exists in that small screen. And it has to be stuff where it the audio is action. It has to be action. Action or crowd shots or people walking back up the ramp and that's it. But they have to pay more attention to that. It's a small thing. Definitely not a promo. Hey, SGG, did you bring Black Power Rankings? I did not. Oh, oh damn. That was... You know what? It's wrong. It, it is. It is. All it right. Is. But let's Real quick before we go, a couple of mail. Jamie writes us, hey, sweet Pete and Statless. First, let me introduce myself. I am what you would call a casual wrestling fan. I only follow WWE and now AEW. I've heard of NXT and a couple of people in it, but I don't know much else. Indies, Japan, nothing. Haven't watched a full episode of wrestling in a long time. And a full pay-per-view and even longer. If I want to see highlights, I go on YouTube, rely on podcasts like yours, blah, blah, blah. The in-ring wrestling is important, but honestly, the promos and crowd reactions are what pique my interest the most. The matches are icing on the cake. 
I'm interested enough in wrestling to read about it and listen about it, but not invest enough to spend hours a week watching. If people who cover it extensively aren't excited about it and read it on a page is boring, doesn't make sense, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to, okay, okay, okay. What's he trying to ask you? <laughs> he thinks there are a lot of people like him out there. Um, and the one thing that is making me want to invest more is the introduction to AEW. Its presence is compelling more than the actual storylines matched at this point because it brings with it an excitement that hasn't been present on podcasts or websites in years. Bottom line is this. I like you. I think you guys and others like you are the ambassadors that professional wrestling needs to get us casual fans interested in again. I'll say this too, to his point about AEW. They are situated in a, in a very good spot right now because it's low commitment, right? WWE has three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown. Was it two hours of NXT, some main events, some 205 Live, and AEW just has their two hours on Wednesday, and then their pay-per-view, and then the YouTube show that you can jump in and out of that you don't really need. So if you're a casual fan, I feel like AEW is speaking to to you, especially if like, you're a casual fan with a life. Yeah, I agree, too. Um, Here we go. Mail. Marcus White says, what's up, Rosenberg and the almighty Statley? The SmackDown roster being stuck in Saudi Arabia was the best thing to happen to the show itself. Whether it was Vince's call or Triple H's, the invasion of NXT was beautifully booked. It gives the main audience a chance to see NXT talent and exposes them in prep for Survivor Series. Um, then he goes on to talk about CM Punk. Listen, first of all, the show was great. SmackDown was really fun. I do not believe Daniel Bryan should have jobbed. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I, I believe they should have built to that. I love Adam Cole, but it feels like Daniel Bryan just got sacrificed. Yeah, I, I do not think classic short sighted. Again, they've been doing this for two years to Daniel Bryan. They've they've stopped treating him like his wins matter at all, and I get it. They well, don't matter that much. He's mage. I'll say this though: this is this is prime Daniel Bryan time though, because if you look at his build, even when we go way back to the start of the Yes Movement, right? They sort of job him out and cheapen him. To, according to us, for the whole year, and Survivor Series rolls around, they put his foot on the gas right into WrestleMania every time like clockwork. Well, that, then I guess we'll find out right now. Mail. Peter and Statanka, true or false, the only reason NXT is being included in Survivor Series is that Adam Cole, Bebe, can eat the pin so Brock or The Fiend don't have to. False, because Brock has Rey Mysterio, and then we don't know what The Fiend is doing. Well, that was quickly debunked. A lot of people have hit me up about extre- uh, Jewish extreme rules. Male. <laughs> I'm going out to LA tonight, and I will uh, dip. Dip and I will work out an entire Jewish extreme rules pay per view on a podcast this weekend. A bonus. We've talked about it. We're gonna we're gonna make time to talk Jewish extreme rules, and we'll put it up for everyone to enjoy. Guys, send emails, rate, review, all of that. SGG, we appreciate you not being physically gone today. Yo, I'm so happy to be back. We're happy to have you back. And next week, another big full episode. We'll break down um, full gear this weekend. I'm curious to how many of you are going to order it. Um, we'll talk about that. We'll see what happens on SmackDown this week, how much worse it is now that everyone's back, <laughs> and much more. So the Shoot Arrow 2.0 continues right here on Cheap Heat. Oh, yeah. Oh, stay mage, by the way. And take it easy, man. Oh, and enjoy yourself. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, 
Wrestler in the history of the art form. Midge. 